Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to a TVO podcast. Welcome to On Docs, a podcast about documentaries and the stories they tell. I'm Colin Ellis. Nam is off this week doing her project, which she said she wasn't going to leave me for, but apparently that's just not the case. No, I'm kidding. She'll be back next week. Today I'm speaking with director Karen Shopsowitz and co-producer Meredith Usher about their new TV original documentary about beloved Canadian icon Elwi Yost. People would say, you know, Saturday night, do you want to go out? I don't know. What's on Elwi? This guy is the luckiest guy in the world. He gets to talk about movies. You want to take it all for yourself and cut me out. And he gets to talk to famous people. Oh, cool. <laughs> great honor to meet you, Kirk Douglas. Smart and short. Mel Brooks, it's great to meet you, but why? What gives with that raptor's hat? Elwi was the only place you could get that kind of behind-the-scenes look. This incredible view of craft. We're trying to encourage movie viewing in a bifocal way. No, this is actually an art form. This is something beyond what we thought films could do. Now it is that time, ladies and gentlemen, time to turn your lights down low and put your feet up. That was a clip from Magic Shadows' Elwi Yost, A Lifetime in Movies. For those who don't know, Elwi Yost was born in the Weston neighborhood of Toronto in 1925. He was a high school English and history teacher before moving on to television in the 1960s. He went on to join what was then known as the Ontario Educational Communications Authority in 1974, which later became known as TV Ontario. Yost hosted two shows in his 25 years at TVO, Magic Shadows, and of course, Saturday Night at the Movies. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome, welcome once again to Saturday Night at the Movies. My name is Elwi Yost. I was a bit young when it was on, but I do remember watching it and a lot of Siskel and Ebert. And I think both those shows ingrained a real love of movies in me that I still have to this day. And one thing I loved about seeing this doc was seeing Elwi interview all these legends like uh, Henry Fonda and Kirk Douglas and John Candy. He had this just natural ease in talking to them. We're back in the studio with, as I said, my, my third funny man of all time, and I mean that, John Candy of SCTV. John? Elwi, good to see you. Oh, it's an honor to have you here. Yeah. I spoke with Karen and Meredith about their reasons for making the doc and the importance of Elios and Saturday Night at the Movies to Cinephiles Everywhere. So, turn your lights down low, put your feet up, as we go to that conversation. Karen Shopsowitz and Meredith Usher, welcome to OnDocs. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Karen, let me go to you first. Why a documentary about Elwi Yost? Well, in this case, I wish you'd gone to Meredith first, because <laughs> I have to say that Meredith is the driving force behind this documentary. I, I describe Meredith as the ultimate aficionado about all things Elwi, and he really wanted to see a film made about it. And when I, when I found out that they were making this, they actually put uh, a funny little call for a director, which was, did you grow up in the 70s love, and do you love old films? And I responded with, is this a documentary about El Yost? Because if it's a documentary <laughs> about El Yost, I am in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Meredith, yeah, you tell me uh, what, 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 what spoke to you about El Yost. Uh, well, personally, um, it, was, uh, it was when I was about eight years old and I first started watching Saturday Night at the Movies and and later Magic Shadows. Um, my father was a big film fan, so he, he recognized the quality of Elwi very early on, and uh, we, we watched him regularly. And, um, and then later on, uh, 
I had the idea of publishing my own video guide back in the pre-internet days. And I approached Elwi to do the, uh, the forward for me. And he very generously uh, volunteered to do it. And uh, it was wonderful and it contributed to the book. The book is here. It's- uh, You ain't seen Elwi's nothing name. yet. Yes, you ain't seen nothing yet. Elwi Oast is at the bottom, forward by Elwi Oast. It, it helps a lot to put forward by Elwi Oast on the bottom of your book. Anyway, um, I couldn't thank him enough, and I, I never really got a chance to thank him in person after doing it. I met him in person prior to the publication of the book, but he was coming to Toronto far less frequently at that point. So, um, so I never really got a chance to thank him in person. So I would say that this is my thank you, that this, this particular project was my thank you to him. Karen, you mentioned answering a call uh, for directors about uh, uh, if you grew up watching movies in the 70s. And um, I guess I wonder, t- what was, I guess, Saturday Night at the Movies to you growing up? Obviously, I loved old movies. I actually went on to study film studies and then film production. So this was very much embedded into me. But also what I loved about Elwi more than anything were those interviews. You know, I mean, I my first career was in journalism. And I think like a lot of us, you saw somebody doing these interviews that were just so personal and just got in and did it in such a gentle way that... Uh, you, you know, you, you just couldn't help but listen. And what I also loved was the idea that I wasn't just seeing stars, I was also seeing behind the scenes. And I think that really helped me think, this is a, a viable career. <laughs> this is something you can do for a living. <laughs> you know, that and obviously other factors as well. But certainly being able to get that inside view into Hollywood and into movie making was huge. How about you, Meredith? I actually, I, I can relate to being an eight-year-old and watching Saturday Night at the Movies because I'd actually go watch it at my aunt's house. Uh, they, I think they introduced me to Sunset Boulevard uh, yes. back when I was, yeah, like a little kid. Maybe I was too young to understand it, but I do remember the experience of going and watching it with my aunt and uncle. What about you? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it certainly was the, the, the looking behind the curtain, so to speak, was a very big factor in, in the enjoyment. I mean, I, I love the films and the fact that they were commercial free and, and they were introduced properly and so on. And, you know, let's face it, Elwi's enthusiasm was what sold the, the, the program. I mean, it, 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 uh, it was something that was unique in Canada, I think unique in North America. And, um, and they started doing these interviews in California uh, with all the old timers uh, who worked, not just, you know, the actors and directors, but, uh, you know, film technicians and so on. Uh, they did those interviews before anybody was doing them. And, uh, and that is, you know, that's a, a very significant, it was a significant draw for a lot of people, I think, beyond just watching the films. But, uh, but the films were presented really well and very carefully curated. And, you know, when do you, not many people can think up like two movies to see together that work, you know? Yeah. And uh, they did it every week. So. Well, you mentioned, you know, we, we've, we should talk about Ellie a bit because you know, you're right. He is on screen, just a very charming, very charismatic, very jolly fellow. Um, just tell us a little bit about who he was, where he grew up, and yeah, what was he, I guess, like? Uh, well, uh, when you see the documentary, you'll sort of understand the facets of him. But the interesting thing is that Elwi was, in a sense, uh, first of all, and first and foremost, Elwi was a young boy, always at heart, always. Uh, Elwi was really the adult personification of his sort of 12 or 13 year old self all the time. So um, that enthusiasm is so untainted by sort of adult 
concerns that when he when he presents films, you can enjoy them as pure as as possible. So um, so apart from that, I mean, as a as a young man, he learned he has he learned other skills. He learned uh, to be an actor. He was an on air uh, presenter for the CBC prior to working for TVO. Um, he uh, he was an extra in a film uh, once, uh, so he got to be on set. And he worked for um, Avro uh, Aero and, uh, and, and was part of a very famous Canadian aviation program. And he was a, a high school teacher. So he, so he had all of these parts of his life that, um, that went into who he was. And those, you know, that, that sense of adventure is really what Elwi, Elwi was an adventurer. And, uh, and the way he presented the films was, was really part of that. Karen, some of my favorite parts of the doc is watching Elwee on a film set. He's uh, getting shot with squibs. Squibs, for people who don't know, it's like when uh, someone gets shot in a movie and blood bursts out of their chest. It's a squib they put in them. Uh, there's a scene of him, I guess, like he's about to fall off a building. Um, that footage, how did you, I guess, assemble that? So... It's well, I have to give full credit to our editor, Deb Palloway. And also like, you know, we would like Meredith knew the archives really well. I don't know how you did this, Meredith. You used to amaze me because we would look at a listing and he'd be like, oh, I know what happens in that one. I remember that show. This interview is amazing. And all this stuff, TVO has all this incredible archive of material. And yes, when we saw it, it's, it's his version, if I can put it that way, I don't want to do a spoiler alert, but from Saboteur and... Elwi was game, right? Like he mm -hmm. was willing to play along. You know, there's there's other footage that we obviously couldn't use. We're going through all of the stuff where he's in Hollywood and, you know, he's in the vehicle from Back to the Future and he's just being a total kid like Merit of the Set. He never grew up. And him on a film set, I can't even imagine. You know, there's a part in the dock where he's riding a horse. He loved Westerns and he gets on there and says, now I've got more respect for these guys who ride horses for a living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's just, you know, the joy of having this incredible, incredible archive to work with, and being able to pull out these moments that you wouldn't have necessarily seen on TV in the way that we're presenting it in the documentary. Hmm. Meredith, why were movies so important to Elwi? Well, um, I don't want to spoil one of the big reveals of the movie, but it, it does certainly have something to do with the with losing his father at a young age. Um, and also I think um, Elwi was a storyteller. Uh, and uh, as when he was very young, uh, his parents weren't uh, very well off. So he would, he would be the one that would go to the movies and he'd come back and he'd tell them he'd act out really the movie in front of them. Hmm. So, uh, so it, it, you know, Elwi was a storyteller from the beginning and that's, and that's really, what the, 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 the stories that films tell to us is what touched him. Hmm. And uh, so, you know, he was forever uh, enamored with film. You know, that was it. And, but he had a great love of pulp literature. We talk about that and, and mysteries and adventure novels and so on. But film was really, you know, the magic on, on the big screen. Did he have a favorite? Uh, well, he had a few favorites. That's a that's a that's a, a bone of controversy. We've talked, Karen and I. Yeah, talked we've this. talked about this a lot. Because <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's there's a few that I mean, when I was growing up, uh, I always thought, and he, oh, we did say this that the Thief of Baghdad was mm. his favorite movie, mm. but 
we didn't find as many people to say that as Citizen, Citizen Kane, Kane or the Treasure Sierra Madre yeah. or How Green Was My Valley. Those are the other ones that pop up. King Kong obviously is also looms very large. So there's a few. And of course, there's the other myth is that Elwe didn't never disliked a movie, hmm. but that's not true either. I mean, I, Graham told us once that Elwe would surprise you when he was watching, you know, movies later in life. He would be very quick to flip one off, you know, take one off the TV if he didn't if it didn't grab him in the first 20 minutes. So, you know, um, he was enthusiastic about everything he showed, and generally he wanted to look positively on everything. But he had his taste too. He didn't. He wasn't a big musical fan, for example. Which was heartbreaking to me because <laughs> I love musicals. And I think that's the only place where I disagree with Elwee is when I found out he didn't like musicals. Were there a lot of musicals on Saturday at the movies? I'm trying to remember. They, they did show some. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was to balance things out. But um, generally at the beginning and for the first mm, five years or so, uh, it really reflected Elwe's taste and, and really Elwe's taste as a younger viewer, uh, partially because uh, at that point in the 70s, it was harder to license uh, some films, certain films from certain companies because they wanted more money. It was a, it was a bigger business than it is now. And so, uh, so he had to dig back into some of the B pictures and some of the cult movies that he loved as a, as a young man and as a, as a young boy. And those ones reflected more his tastes than the general tastes of the uh, of the audience vis-a-vis -vis, you know male female sort of thing well, we should talk about saturday night at the movies which is obviously the the program that he hosted for i think it was 25 years Can you just talk a bit about how this program even came about and what was its mm. mission well, there's a good story in the film that, again, I'm going to ruin. But, you know, when TV Ontario, as it was called then, not TVO, well, first it was called, what's the anagram? The, the Ontario Education Communications <laughs> Authority. Yeah, it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. <laughs> but um, it, it, they were looking, nobody was showing films on a Saturday night. And they were trying to think of what do we show on a Saturday night. And they started with a, a trilogy. And Meredith, if you want to talk a bit about that, because the response right off the bat, from what I understood, from the people we talked to, Bruce Pittman in particular, it took off. You know, they were they were right on. People did want to watch movies on a Saturday night, and they wanted someone like Elwi, and in particular Elwi, to put them into context and to talk about them. Yes, well, um, uh, you know, I had a few private moments with Elwi, and uh, and Elwi's one of. I, I always felt that one of Elwe's proudest achievements for himself that he told me was the presentation of the Bergman um, religious trilogy. We're showing the film through a glass darkly, one of Bergman's greatest, at least I think so. And we're going to show it to monks, to priests, to uh, visitors who come out here to Mary Lake Monastery for a, a retreat weekend. And through their seeing of the film, we're going to engage them in dialogue. Dialogue about man and God and the whole meaning of man's pursuit of God, man's relationship with God. And you can even tell in the little clip that we have how it, it really is something that Elwi was very enthusiastic about. Um, and not just in a sort of filmic way, but in an, in an ideas way. I mean, oh, this, is, this is the interesting thing that I find with what Karen did with all the various footage. And I think she communicated how Elwi thought about things, not just how he enjoyed things. 
and the, uh, the, the idea that presenting these films to religious congregation than, dis than discussing it was just not done very often then. Although TVO had some great shows that were, were, were talking about ideas, they had never done it um, in relation to film. And, uh, and how we you know, really sort of created that, that formula in Canada. So, uh, so that first Bergman trilogy that they presented really got the ball rolling. And then they went on to the Westerns and the other stuff that Al we loved. But, uh, but he always had some interesting shows. I mean, there's one show in particular where uh, he was doing a show, a show about mysteries and he, he got a, a quite a well-known British actor, uh, Barry Morris, who often lived here in Canada, to, to, to impersonate Sherlock Holmes. And they shot it in black and white, in costume, on a set. And it's Elwi you know, interviewing Sherlock Holmes. And that kind of invention, you know, for a, for us, a very small television station was really remarkable at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, people don't even do that now. Turner Classic Movies don't do it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, Elwi was, you know, he had a flair. He really did. He had a flair. And it was partly because he had acted and, you know, and he had been on television before. And he knew that television was a medium that spoke to people. Do you know why he never became a filmmaker himself or like a full-time actor himself but wait no <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert yeah Ooh. <laughs> i mean he did make a film i don't want to tell you anything about that film because you'll see it in the, in our film but you know that was one of those things like we tried to present as many of those kind of moments where you all think you know the guy you know people refer to him as uncle Eloy. i mean he's the guy you know but there's this other side to him that did want to make films, did want to be an actor, was an actor in, in various capacities, and that comes across. So I think, you know, part of it, there's a beautiful story in the film. It's also a love story between him and his wife. And he he talks about how he never really wanted to go further than 100 kilometers from home until he got married and he met Lila. And then they became travelers and adventurers, like as Meredith was talking about before. And he started to really get a chance to explore all this other parts of life, which is really, hmm. really quite fantastic. I want to ask you about some of the people that Elwi interviewed over the years, because it's really just astonishing the level of actor and, and filmmaker, composer that he spoke to. Um, can you just talk a bit about some of the, the people Elwi interviewed uh, for Saturday Night or the movies? Well, um, I can tell you a personal story, and that was uh, many years ago, I had the opportunity to sit down and talk with uh, Robert Wise, the director of uh, Sound of Music and Star Trek, the motion picture and West Side Story and many others. And, you know, as soon as he found out that I knew Elwi, I was, I was in, you know, <laughs> I was, you know, I, I had passed the test. And um, that, you know, that was such a, sort of an indication. And, and, and Robert Wise was the president of the Directors Guild. So he knew all the other directors. So if, you know, if, if, he, if Elwi could impress him, he could impress everybody. And this was the story. I mean, we have uh, Henry Fonda in the movie, and uh, the the story was that uh, the director Joshua Logan was being interviewed by Elwi, and Elwi just by chance said, "Well, you know, do you think we could get an interview with Henry Fonda? You know, we've been trying to reach him; he won't return our calls." And apparently, Josh Logan just got up there, got on his phone, and just phoned Fonda right away and says, "You know, can we have? You know, can these guys come down? You know, you got to meet them. You know, they were just, I guess, a few blocks away or something, and uh, they were able to do the interview because." Elwi had created so much goodwill 
They pick your hat oh, for you. Oh, they go with you to to yeah. uh, to wardrobe if it's Western costume here or wherever, and uh, and they're most particular. And they, meaning the directors, are most particular in westerns about hats. And there's just you know you you can't. Most of the important actors of that era were interviewed by Elwe. You know, I mean, there's a couple that I can't think of off by now that, that might have been, you know, missed out. But uh, generally, he got most of the good ones. I mean, he didn't get Elizabeth Taylor or, or Orson Welles. But the story was, of course, he, he had Orson Welles if he would have paid him. <laughs> Orson Welles was going to do it, but you had to pay him two or $3,000 to do it. And this was an educational television station. They weren't paying people for interviews. But uh, but uh, I think at one point Bruce Pittman said he had to prevent Elwe from cashing in uh, an insurance uh, bond. Oh my gosh! To pay for it himself, he wanted to do it so badly. But but um, you know, as we pointed out, you know, the, the well sort of looms large in in Elwe's imagination. So he really wanted to get that interview. Mm. But you know, Wells wasn't going to do it without being paid. But there's there's so many interviews. I mean, we we've just got a small sampling of them, and it would really be, you know fantastic if a lot of these interviews became available again. Oh, I was just going to say that was probably the hardest part when we were going into the post-production period of it is Deb and I would joke because we'd start watching one interview just to find like a clip and then it would be like, well, call me in three hours because like I'm deep in here now. I can't <laughs> walk away. I am watching this till the very end and then I'm going to watch another because I'm in the mood. So that probably held us up a little in post. But, you know, you could watch those forever. They stand up today too, yeah. which is really good. Well, you interview some pretty interesting folks yourselves. I mean, Cameron Bailey's in this. Uh, Leonard Moulton is in this. And for people who don't know who Leonard Moulton is, uh, if you were maybe a kid growing up in the 80s and you had an encyclopedia of movies, it usually had Leonard Moulton's face on it. <laughs> so I guess I could just ask you perhaps to talk a bit about what went into the selection process for the interviews that you did. Well, you know, I have to give credit here to, again with Meredith because Meredith came with this list and I, I looked at it and I was like, really? You think all these people? And then you start reaching out and you say, we're doing a doc about Elwe Yost. And yeah, yeah, I'm in. He influenced me. I have a story. I have a story. So <laughs> we even had some people that, you know, that couldn't participate, but wanted to, you know, for various reasons, you know, uh, we've had to. Uh, you know, various reasons why people weren't, weren't able to participate. But, but everybody was generally very enthusiastic about the documentary, even if they couldn't uh, be interviewed. But the, the, the thrill for me was really to, to get, uh, you know, sort of a breadth of, of quality of interviews and to have people like Don Hutchison, who is who's really his oldest surviving friend and one of the only people in the documentary who can remember what it was like to go to the movies when Elwe went to the movies, you know, when they were children. And, uh, and, and then getting, you know, Adrian Clarkson, who was a broadcaster, you know, and during the same era, you know, we wanted people to reflect the eras of Elwe. And so, so that was, those are really, you know, Cameron Bailey, of course, was marvelous. I mean, and, and you know, it was fun to have Steve Pakin too. Steve was, <laughs> Steve was first inter, was first interviewed on, on uh, TVO by Elwe. That's right. Elwe yep. introduced him on air and, and talked to him. I'm delighted, completely delighted to welcome Steve Pakin to his first appearance on TVO. Welcome, Steve. Thank you very much. Welcome. It's been worth we, waiting for. Ah, we wish you many, many happy decades ahead. So all of that is, you know, it's, 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 it's all part of the whole story. 
And when you get people like Ron Mann talking about how, you know, you see you see Ron Mann as this kid in his 20s being, uh, you know, starting to get to know Elwi and, and Elwi being this person who almost says to him that, yeah, this is a career. You have a career as a filmmaker and recognizing that as a young person and then seeing Ron now still talking, you know, I mean, Ron's not that old, but talking about how over the years Elwi's continued to be this great influence for him. Well, one of the other people you, you interview in this is his son, Graham, who went on to become kind of a successful screenwriter, I guess I could say. Uh, what was his first film? It's a little it's a little indie budget um, film. It's it's got a, a bus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Somebody somebody said that's the Canadian part of it. That's right. It's <laughs> a that, bus. That, that nobody takes buses in Los Angeles. Only Canadians would think about buses in Los Angeles. Yeah, of course we're talking about speed. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I mean, that's you know that's in- amazing that his son and he has another son, Christopher, who's, a, who's also a very successful composer. But you know, Graham, you know, he creates this ma- major blockbuster movie, and I have to guess that Elwi's uh, influence on him kind of led him into that into that career path. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, <laughs> like you know, it was when even at, there's a story that he tells that Graham tells in the film about just the comment that Elwi gave him on one of his early early scripts. That I had someone who also likes to write. I took it to heart. I thought, wow, this is a great lesson to learn from Elwi. Of course, I didn't go on to make a speed, but you can see how it influenced it influenced Graham and also just the kind of films that Elwi was exposing Graham and Christopher to growing up. That really reflects how they turn out as in terms of their careers Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of that that's that's sort of the interesting uh one of the interesting revelations of the film is that that uh elwi was uh not afraid even though as we've pointed out uh, he has the kind of the the love and the enthusiasm of a young man he 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 still was not afraid of showing his his children uh, adult material when they were young i mean there was one story that that uh, didn't make it into the film, but it's quite sort of well-known, uh, was that Graham was, uh, was uh, once given a sick note by Elwi because he was, he was uh, allowed to stay up late to watch Citizen Kane one day. <laughs> so uh, Elwi gave him a sick note and, was, and Elwi being a teacher was very honest about it and said, you know, Graham was, had to sleep in today because I, we, it was important that he saw Citizen Kane on television last night. So, uh, so those, you know, that's the kind of, you know, father he was, and uh, you know, his children have benefited greatly from it. I guess you could argue it's an educational film. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think he was completely right in keeping him home, and Elwi was skipping classes to go see movies too. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's right. That's right. We have we have proof of that as well. That's right. Well, well, Saturday Night the Movies is has been off the air for about eight years now, and and Elwi, of course, passed in 2011. I guess I, just to close off our conversation here, if you talk a bit about the legacy of Elwios and the show. The legacy for me, well, the personal legacy for me is that, you know, Elwi, you know, was very friendly to me and did me a, a, a great favor and encouraged me at, at a, when I was young. And that's something that I, I will always cherish. Um, I, I also think it's very important that people understand uh, you know, the history of Canadian broadcasting and the important people that are part of that. And Elwi is, you know, huge in that circle. I mean, he, he is really the, the one 
as as you can say, before uh, uh, the Criterion Collection and Turner Classic Movies, there was LWOs. So uh, that's really important. Um, and and I think um, as we pointed out repeatedly here, that the, the material that is available, um, you know, the interview material and the background material that LWO you know, collected over the years is so valuable for scholars and for film buffs and film students uh, that it really, you know, it really needs to be made more widely available. And uh, that's a legacy that, you know, that we really hope will continue to, you know, to be used and, and loved going forward. Yeah, and there's, for me, there's a moment in the film, and this isn't going to ruin it, but where, you know, one of those great open houses of TVO that we've all been to on the roof where everybody's there and you're meeting everybody and obviously always there. And he's sitting down with a kid who's probably eight or nine years old. And it's it's one of my favorite parts. And he's just looking at this kid going, yeah, so this Saturday night, I'm showing <laughs> and you've got stage to watch coach. it. Yeah, stagecoach. <laughs> and this is a good, and this little kid is just like, yeah, yeah, okay. And so I like to think of that little kid maybe he's a filmmaker now i don't know but for whatever he does have a greater appreciation of film because of elwi and i think that probably that's the greatest legacy of a generation of people who grew up loving movies because this wonderful man was presenting them every saturday night okay at the risk of editorializing a little bit i have to say i listen to a ton of film podcasts uh i'm a huge cinephile and i can't think that I don't think that a lot of them would exist if there hadn't been someone like an Elwe Yost to kind of open the door and talk about films in an educational way and give context to them and really discuss them as an art form. Well, you know what? Like, you bring up such a great point because in the film... Risa Schumann and Dorothy Engelman, who were traveling around with Elwi in Hollywood, and Risa, who was producing it, and they, they talk about how Elwi was doing interviews before people were doing interviews, before Entertainment Tonight. We grew up, you know, our, we all grew up with all these entertainment shows. It seems so normal. And then you realize how far back that started. I totally agree with you. And we wonder in the film, could Elwi exist today? I think he'd be amazing today. He'd have a huge audience. And last night, you know, I had a young friend say to me, I love this film because I didn't grow up with Elwi. I, you know, I, I was born in the 90s, but I am learning so much about film through watching this film. And I think that's, that's something that really makes us really proud. Mm-hmm. Well, Meredith Usher and Karen Shopsowitz, thank you so much for joining me today on OnDocs. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. And that's the podcast. Magic Shadows, Elwi Yost, A Life in Movies will premiere on TVO when else but this Saturday night, November 27th at 8 p.m. It'll be available to stream on TVO.org. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about us. It helps new listeners find the show. You can also follow me on Twitter at ColinEllis81. Thanks to producer and editor Matthew O'Mara, senior producer Katie O'Connor, production support coordinators Nikki Ashworth and Jonathan Hallowell, and executive producer Laurie Few. We'll catch you at the next screening.